Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Oh Say Can They See Me Rollin'. <laughs> it's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony. This is Austin. Austin, how are you? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks for asking. Good. I am also doing well. I got a letter in the mail today that is from a credit card company, and the letter included the phrase PIN number, which really bugs okay. me, because PIN sure. already stands for personal identification number, so PIN number Ooh. is personal identification number number. That bugs you, huh? Because I've been saying PIN number for uh, well, since I had a debit card. You, as a civilian, I don't mind so much. I'm permitted those mistakes. Right. But as a credit-granting institution, I do expect more. Mm. With great power comes great responsibility. Yes. Exactly. I got a letter today for uh, Gabriella, and I put it in my neighbor's mailbox because it it was hers. It wasn't for me. I don't know if we should put her full name on here. This is the internet, Austin. Oh, strike that from the record. I will strike it. I will bleep it. I think I'm going to start bleeping with a heavy hand starting this episode. Just sort of anything that you say that I disagree with or don't find funny, I will be exterminating from the permanent record. It is a new age of censorship, and I'm willing to embrace that aspect of our society. Good. Austin, today's theme for the show is more than meets the eye. Ooh, Transformers? Yeah. Well, we talked about it last time, so I decided to to just roll with it. We're going to talk about Transformers last, because I want to keep your attention, and I know that you'll pay attention right. if we focus on Transformers. You know that if you're saving those Transformers for the for the dessert course, I will be on, hooked on your every word until then. Yeah, exactly. If we save Transformers for dessert, you'll stick around for appetizers and the meal. I'll stick around for fourths, just like the franchise has. Right, and... Uh- there's a fifth one coming out. But Ooh. we're talking about it too early. I specifically said we're saving for last. I was drawing you into my, my Optimus Prime <laughs> honeypot. So the, the first thing that we're going to talk about is songs, albums, bands with the word I in the title. That's E-Y-E. Not, E-Y-E. Not the word I, which is also just the letter I. Right. Was it hard to find band names and titles that don't have the letter I in them? I don't even know how you would begin to do that. You would just have a list of every band. And and find and replace, and replace all the I's with Don't blank read spaces. this! <laughs> Control H, find I, replace with, don't read this. Do not read. And then you just have to, you have to read the things that you've allowed yourself to read, and no more. So the first thing we're going to talk about is eye colors in song titles. Ooh. Yeah. I'm ready. First of all, I'm going to tell you four colors of eyes, and I want you to rank how many unique songs there are with that color eye in the title. So, <clears throat> green, brown, hazel, blue. Okay, I'm going to say blue, blue, green, brown, hazel. Oh, very close. And hazel's blue. only going to have hazel's only going to have one song and, and it's going to be Behind These Hazel Eyes by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, you're so good. Yeah, hazel barely had any. Blue just blew it out of the water <laughs> brown has quite a few and then green also has I guess, quite a few but and then, and then hazel mm. do you want to name some songs that have blue eyes in the title yes 
Sweet Judy Blue Eyes nice. by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Also um, by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I found out today that both iterations of that uh, of that group have a version of Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Oh, man. Do you think they were just like, hey, everyone, that was really good. And then Neil left the room to get a bag of M&Ms. And they were like, <laughs> let's do it again. Let's try it again. Let's do it with him. Let's try it without Neil. Let's try this eight-minute song. <laughs> right. Before Neil gets back Neil from the vending machine. It takes a long time to eat M&M's, I happen to know. <laughs> so Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, I'm going to say there's a song called Blue Eyes by Destroyer off of my favorite album of all time. Wow. And it, yeah, it's just called Blue Eyes. It's off the album Kaput. Okay. Everyone should listen to it. Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. Nice. There's also a, later a cover of that. By Limp Bizkit. Oh, man. Nice. Have you even heard it? I have heard it. It's got a... There's a part where the Who kind of does a classic rock interlude, uh-huh. and the Limp Bizkit version they do kind of a sad DJ scratching interlude. It's it's a much darker song. It takes on a much darker tone. The Limp Bizkit. When you version. say sad DJ scratching, do you mean sad as in you didn't like it and that made you sad, or sad as in like it's in a minor key? Oh, both. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's a much darker song. Did you listen to the two of them side by side today? Uh, well, side by side, I would imagine listening to them both simultaneously. I did listen. Right, to yeah, that's what I. <laughs> I, li- I listened to them side by side in 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 time, meaning they were adjacent to each other in the in the time space continuum, but they were not simultaneous in the time space continuum. Right. But they okay. Would not be overlapping on the time space continuum. Glad we cleared that up. Oh gosh, so am I. That was that was weighing heavily on me. How about some uh, brown eyed songs? Well, we got. Brown-Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Uh, so there are three very famous artists that have a song just called Brown Eyes. Do you have any hints for me? I can't think of a good hint for Fleetwood Mac, so that's the first one. Okay, that was a pretty good hint. <laughs> I think it led me right to it. It did. It was a, it was a treasure map where uh, X very clearly marked the spot. There is also a band and an artist... The band and the artist are entirely composed of women. The band spawned a very famous solo female artist, and the solo female artist is also incredibly famous for being a solo female artist. And both of them are noted for being sort of famous girl power female artists. Oh, let me think for a second here. I mean, if if somebody were to walk up to you on the street and say to you, I'm thinking of a very famous girl power solo artist... Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. So uh, it's Destiny's Child? You're right. It is Destiny's Child. And then the other solo artist burned so hot and then has sort of disappeared from the scene. Uh, Joan of Arc. Oh, gosh. She was a girl power figure. She was. And she did burn so hot and then disappear (laughs) from the scene. So in that sense, factually, it all lines up. However, she is not a 21st century female musician. She burned hot and she got a uh, sh- uh, Kelly Osbourne. <laughs> not, not quite so hot. I mean, when I say burned hot, I mean, she was number one for a while. And then she just ghosted? Well, not totally ghosted, but we haven't seen much from her in a long time. Lady, Lady Gaga. Yes! Lady Gaga. She did burn bright and then she... You're right. She was gone, Tony. Yep. That was a great clue. I'm sorry. I know it was a great clue. You don't have to tell me. I put a lot of effort into it. Can we go offline for a second? I'm, I'm really impressed with the effort you put into this show. <laughs> Thanks.
Thanks, dude. I'm really yeah. impressed. You know well, well, you did. You impressed. Mm. I will say this: you did impress me with the Limp Biscuit cover. That was uh, that was a good call. So, Green Eyes. There are three artists you have heard of that have songs called Green Eyes. Okay, I think I can do better on this one. Hit me. I think Coldplay has a song called yep. Green Eyes. Okay, there's a band called Sugarloaf that has a song called Green Eyed Lady. Okay, but that's not Green Eyes. Oh. I'm, I'm, um, so I'm very specific to green eyes. Yeah, me too. I also like uh, freckles. Well. <laughs> okay, so those are my two. Give me some hints. Okay. So the second artist has a, I believe, an album or a song where she spells the word America, A-M-E-R-Y-K-A-H. That will all Oh. Be- and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a little nod to uh, I'm Erica. Yes, it certainly is. Yeah, it's uh, Erica Badu. You got it. Uh, and it's the last Badu. one is a band. The reason I I picked it out is because it's a band that I know you like. You know, this is just one that's very personal to you because you and I are such good friends. And I happen to know Aww. you saw them at Bonnaroo. <gasps> Wait, Wait, I know who it is. Wow. I just remembered it's Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yes. Have a song called Green Eyes. Yeah. Did. I did we, see them at Bonnaroo we where good? we went together. Where we went together because we're such good friends. Aw. Yeah. It's kind of sad that I haven't seen you since 2013. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a fun time. We need, to, we need to hang out more. You know, this, uh, this opportunity that we have to do this podcast together is really nice because it lets us recollect the times that we spent together, which leads us perfectly into Hazel, where you've already mentioned Kelly Clarkson's Behind These Hazel Eyes. She was the only famous one I could find with a song that had the Hazel Eyes in the title. Have the, you heard her song, uh, her recent song about her dad leaving her again? What? Yeah, it's kind of like that whole album Behind These Hazel Eyes. And since you've been gone, she was kind of she was kind of trying to say to people, "Hey, I'm still moving on." Yeah, yeah. Since you've been gone, uh, as if that time she was trying to say, "Guys, my dad left," and no one really picked up on it because they were too busy singing along to those catchy beats. Right. And so this one is very explicit. Gotcha. It's very now, explicitly. When you said that she was singing about her dad leaving a second time. What I uh, thought that meant was her dad left, came back. And then he came back and then he left, left again? again? No. That's no. even sadder to that think about. That would be about. very sad. That would be a tragic song. That would it get is. people's attention. Let's write it. Okay. An album with the word I in the title. Austin, were you at the church's concert that we went to? Yes, I was. Okay, good. Because the church's album is called Every Open Eye, and that album is amazing every open eye yes it is amazing yeah that show was notable for me really needing to use the bathroom but there was a line out the door and i later found out it was because someone od'd on heroin in one of the bathrooms what yeah and here i am just i just need to pee feeling very selfish about my own bladder and my own body and here's this poor guy who I don't know. He could be dead for all I know. I saw them carting him out. Wow. Yeah. Bonkers. That is bonkers. Um, Although, I mean, you're calling yourself selfish for wanting to pee. And I know that drug addiction is a disease. But maybe it was Mm. a little selfish of him 
to use that bathroom, a public restroom, for his own drug use purposes. That's true. And like, what? Why pay sixty dollars to use a to use a bathroom to exactly. OD on heroin? In? Exactly. That is an expensive way to go. Yeah. So this guy's selfish and stupid. Right. Hmm. Not frugal. Well, good riddance. <laughs> I think he's okay. I, I choose to believe he's okay. Well, you, you better hope so, because this is going to take on a dark tone if, if he's dead. If he calls in and he's like, guys. <laughs> guys, I didn't, I didn't make it. And you really made fun of me. You called me selfish really? for being victim to a horrible disease. You called me stupid. Here's a band that has the word I in the title. Third Eye Blind. Heck to the yes. Semi-Charmed Life. That song, uh, that's one of those songs where you hear the radio edit as a child, and only when you turn 20 do you realize it's about just a crippling meth addiction. <laughs> yeah, it, that too. It, it has, takes on a dark overtone when you realize what's actually going on. Another thing that I learned today is that it's not called Semi-Charmed Kind of Life. It's just called Semi-Charmed Life. Semi-Charmed Life. I don't, do they actually ever say the phrase Semi-Charmed Life in the song? No, they just, they... They throw that kind of in. Um, it's a great song. Let's unpack the phrase, the place where I fell asleep inside you. Um, sure. I always kind of thought it was a romantic kind of like, you know, I'm so deep in love with you. Because that was one of the parts that was still in the radio edit without the context of the surrounding verse. Right. Which is about a, a bad sexual relationship and meth addiction and ennui and... So on and so forth. Do you think it's sexual? Do you think that phrase is sexual? Austin, you have taken on the role of trivia master, and I am taking on the role of trivia answer. Mm, but this is more of a matter of opinion than a, than a question. Yeah, although I tend to regard my opinion as fact. Certainly, if, if it is not overtly sexual, it was definitely written with intentional sexual overtones. So it was meant to be evocative, if not... If not provocative. If not provocative. Oh, certainly evocative. Possibly provocative. Yeah, it's a little joke uh, for the, that the kids and the parents could appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it's like right, Pixar. Him. That line is like a Pixar movie where the kids love it, the parents love it. It's a line for the whole family. The kids love it, but uh, look to the right or left of the screen at any given time and you're going to be hit with a dick. Is <laughs> Yeah, you know. most Pixar movies... The widescreen version is very inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, you got to imagine it off the fr- one foot off the frame at any given time. There's someone with their dick out. Yeah, it's just filthy. That is uh, songs and bands and albums with the word "I" in the title. Our, our next category in the world of more than meets the eye is disguised characters slash characters with alter egos. Ooh. And I decided to narrow this down to disguised characters slash characters with alter egos that have stories <laughs> that are featured in Wishbone episodes. Oh, man. So we're going deep into that literary crevice. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Do you have any guesses as to stories that appear on Wishbone that feature disguised characters slash characters with alter egos? Some early guesses. Phantom of the Opera. Nice. Um, Do you want Dr. to know what Jack- the Wishbone episode title was for Phantom of the Opera? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> the, the episode is titled Pantin at the Opera. 
as in Ooh. panting with an apostrophe instead of a G. Uh, it's almost Panson at the opera, which could be a funny uh, prank episode of, could be like an Ashton Kutcher-esque punked, wherein the person singing the aria gets their pants pulled down on stage. I typically picture, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I typically pr- picture opera stars in dresses more so than, than pants. Well, there are men in operas. Sure. Sure. Okay. Oh, that's a good prank. All right. Well, so Pan at the Opera. Then there's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Nice. The Wishbone episode for that, by the way, is Mixed Breeds. <laughs> but they missed they missed a really good opportunity for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Rawhide. Oh, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Dr. Jekyll and Get Outside. Okay. You, you stupid dog. <laughs> no? Okay. Is there a Cyrano de Bergerac episode of Wishbone? Oh my god. You are so good. Yes, there is a Cyrano de Bergerac episode. Would you like to know yes. what the title of the Wishbone episode is? Oh, I... I after Austin, mixed Austin, breeds. Austin, before you make any guesses, I want to remind you that dogs have a very good sense of smell. Of smell? Yes. Is it Cyrano's? Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, give me some more. Give me some more alter ego. Sure. Uh, um, characters. So or give me some hints character. and I'll try to guess I, them. I will. I will give you some hints. There is a character in a story that disguises himself, comes home, and when he comes home, the only being to recognize him is his dog, and his dog dies of excitement because he's so excited to see him again, which... And re- reminder, they do turn this into a Wishbone episode. I don't think they keep the dying dog in the Wishbone episode. Yeah, is Wishbone just going to have a, a dog for a pet? Right. And the dog dies. I think that'd be a bit dark right. for a Wishbone episode. Is that uh, Count of Monte Cristo? It is not. Well, how about this? I'll give you the Wishbone episode title. And Oh, that, this is a great game. Yeah, let's do this game now. The Wishbone episode is Homer Sweet Homer. Ooh, well, I remember it's the one where, yeah, they have some kind of device he has to shoot an arrow through. Is it the Odyssey? It is, yes, as written by Homer. And as performed by a dog. Yeah. Homer, sweet Homer. (laughs) It's a very good one. Then there is another one, another missed opportunity title-wise. They called it The Prince and the Pooch. And what would you have said? I would have called it The Prince and the Pooper. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's much a much closer slant rhyme. Right. That being said, most animals poop. Right. I don't know Could why. Could have been a monkey. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could've monkeys a... are known for pooping. Well, you do have a dog, and so do. probably the only poop you encounter besides your own exactly. is is your dog's poop. That's a good point, Austin. I do I do have a dog, and in terms of poop that I deal with on a daily basis, it is dog poop. Number one, then human poop. Or number two. Number two. two. (laughs) Nice. To be honest, as a human being, my my poop is largely dealt with by infrastructure that has been built for me to maintain my poop in a clean way. The system does not operate for dog poop. Okay, give me some more more wishbones, unless that was the last one. Those are the ones with characters that are that are in disguise 
However, I will be giving you a few more uh, episodes because it's hilarious. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Flea-bitten bargain. Ooh, Faust. Oh, you're so good. Is it really? Yeah. They adapted that into a Wishbone episode? Yeah. The plot summary, a salesman offers Joe a virtual reality machine, but only in exchange for Wishbone. Oh, jeez. That's that's their their Faustian bargain. That's some dark shit for Wishbone. Wishbone really was quite dark. The stories that they chose were not chosen because they were child-friendly stories. Right. Did you see the Time Machine episode with the Morlocks and they and oh, they you actually mean bark to the future? <laughs> oh wow! No, that's uh, yeah. That one was horrifying as a kid, and I think somehow Morlocks like find their way to like the real world or something. I don't know. Like they come to Joe's house. No, is that wrong? Uh, that sounds like a fever dream you had after watching that episode. I'll tell you what shows up in the plot summary. The plot summary is, while struggling with math, Joe tries to use a calculator instead of his own intellect, only for it to cause more trouble with the subject. Hmm, don't trust technology, kids. It'll screw you over. This was the 90s. Scary. Very scary episode. Yes. Here's a good one. The impossible dream. And now... In case my pronunciation didn't give it away, impossible is spelled I-M-P-A-W-S-S-I-B-L-E. Mm. Any guesses um, as to what book that is? To dream the impossible dream. Oh, there's a song called The Impossible Dream? Yeah. Oh, what's it from? Well, that would, would be a great hint. Ooh, I almost got gotcha. you. I almost got gotcha. you. <laughs> I will, t- I will tell you what it's from. It is, it's from Man of La Mantra. I have n- never heard of that story. Oh. Well, it is the story of Don Quixote. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I chose the right accent for that. Don Quixote. Oh, Don Quixote. Yeah. So, that is disguised characters slash characters with alter egos from Wishbone episodes. Uh, Our final category, as promised, is Transformers. More than meets the eye. Exactly. The origin of the name of this episode. The first game we're going to play is a little game I've invented called Autobot, Decepticon, or Heavy Metal Band. I'm going to read three names, and your job is to determine... Which of these is an Autobot? Which of these is a Decepticon? And which of these is a heavy metal band? I cannot wait for this. This is the category I was born to answer. Are you ready? Yes. The names are Sideswipe, Scavenger, and Stampede. Oh, wow. I'm going to say Sideswipe is a Decepticon. Stampede is an Autobot, and Scavenger is a heavy metal band. You got zero out of three of those correct. Uh, The correct answers were Sideswipe is an Autobot, Scavenger is a Decepticon, and Stampede is the metal band. You really stumped me. I did stump you. A little background background on those folks. Sideswipe, the Autobot, is uh, one of the first-generation Autobots from the first show. He transforms into a red Lamborghini, and has a brother who transforms into a yellow Lamborghini. 
Sideswipe's it's motto like, uh, is, I don't break rules, I just bend them a lot. <laughs> Which is sort of a cumbersome <laughs> motto. It's pretty badass. I don't break rules, I just bend them a lot. You kind of feel like you should add ladies to the, <laughs> the very end of it. Scavenger, the Decepticon, is a member of the construction subclass. He transforms into an excavator. And according to Wikipedia, he is desperate to prove his worth to his teammates, so he uses his one true gift, his shovel's ability to detect various magnetic, ionic, electrical, or gas readings to locate items of value, although all he can usually find is junk. <laughs> What's the merit- meritocracy in Decepticon world? Because there... I would think that turning into a huge-ass bulldozer is your special gift but it sounds like he well, does that and so they do they have a pretty strict hierarchy i mean they, they are given ranks as with the autobots they, they are they are definitely ranked however the reasoning behind the ranking is not necessarily clear to me for instance i would say that the ability to detect various magnetic ionic electrical or gas readings would be valuable especially in a world where your enemies can transform into metal and metal gas and, and gas ions. and ions. Yeah. Sounds like a nerd hunting for precious metals. I think that would be lower on the hierarchy than I can pull a big ass sword out of my, out of my back. And so I am the king now of the Decepticons. Yeah. Don't you think so? I do too. Stampede, the metal band is a British hard rock band from 1981 to 1983. And then they reunited 26 years later in 2009. The next round of Autobot Decepticon Metal Band. Crankcase, Cliff Jumper, Crimson Glory. Oof, tricky, Tony. Crankcase, Autobot. Keep going. I'm not going to help you. Cliff Jumper, Metal Band, and Crimson Glory Decepticon. Austin. You got zero out of three no. correct. Crankcase was the Decepticon. Cliff Jumper was the Autobot. Crimson Glory was the metal band. Cliff Jumper threw me off a little bit because is there a vehicle that that just jumps off cliffs? Well, apparently a Porsche 924 jumps off cliffs because that is what Cliff Jumper can transform into. <laughs> Cliff Jumper's motto is a lot more pithy. His motto is "Let me at him." Interesting. Uh, and who's Crimson Glory? Crimson Glory is a metal band. They are an American progressive metal band founded in 1979, originally as Pierced Arrow, and then they changed their name to Beowulf, and then they changed their name to Crimson Glory. Cool. Crankcase the Decepticon is a wheezing, whining ingrate only happy when things are bad. He also has amazing data storage capacity. <laughs> he transforms into a Jeep Wrangler. Oh, nice. Yeah. His motto like- is, things are never as good as they seem. The next round of Autobot Decepticon Metal Band. I gotta get one right. The names are Thrust, Earthshaker, Depth Charge. Gosh, this is such a good one, too. Earthshaker is a Decepticon. Depth Charge is an Autobot. And uh, Thrust is a Metal Band. You did get exactly your one correct. Woohoo! Earthshaker is the metal band, Thrust is the Decepticon, and as you said, Depth Charge is an Autobot. 
I cannot wait to hear Thrust's motto. <laughs> it's very good. Thrust I'm sorry. is Thrust transforms into a modified McDonnell Douglas F-15 Eagle. His motto is "My engine's roar is my enemy's song of doom," <laughs> which has sort of a He-Man vibe to it. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of the women. And also, my name is Thrust. And also, my name is Thrust. Earthshaker, the metal band, is a Japanese metal band founded in 1978. They have 20 studio albums, one of which is called Pretty Good, which I said <laughs> pretty good because it has like an exclamation point at the end. Wow, I love I love these guys. Earthshaker is a great name for a band as well. It is. For a metal band. Depth Charge, the Autobot is from Beast Wars, which is sort of an offshoot of Transformers, but still is a, is a Transformers, technically. He transforms into a trans-metal Manta Ray. Ooh. He's uh, a, Beast Wars is a great show. Did yes. you ever watch Beast Wars? I did, yeah. yeah. I, also it was kind Beast, of I also had a Beast Wars toy. Oh, From McDonald's? From a garage sale? So perhaps from McDonald's? Speaking of toys, the original toys came with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tech specs. These are like stats that each toy was given. Would you like to make any guesses as to what stats they were given? These, I'll give you an example. So the, the, the first two are strength and intelligence. So they're numbers. Okay, right. Likert scale, if you right. will. So strength and intelligence, that's the first two. Speed. Yep. Defense? No. Although... Health? No. Endurance is the, is the closest there. I do, endurance is sort of a stamina slash constitution thing. Were I making an RPG, like a, a, right. a tabletop RPG based off a of the D&D Transformers, I would, I would use endurance as the proxy for, for all those things. Well, constitution is resistance to poison, right? It's really a resistance to damage more generally. Okay. Well, we've obviously played different RPGs. I guess. <laughs> so strength and intelligence, speed, that's endurance. three out of eight. Strength, intelligence, speed, endurance, that's your four. Uh, thrust. Yes. Yeah. Thrust is the only, the only toy that had any thrust power. <laughs> All his other stats were zero, and then his thrust. Yeah, was he just 10. had a he had a bad attitude, but boy, could he thrust! Boy, could he thrust! Accuracy? There was f- skill, and skill sort of strikes me as a catch-all. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you skill for for accuracy. The remainders were firepower, courage, and rank. Rank meaning like where they sat on the rigid hierarchy of, of the Autobots and the Decepticons. Is there a catch-all name for Autobots and Decepticons? I think Transformers is the word you're looking well, for. Yeah, but that's kind of like us calling uh, indigenous peoples, you know, Indians. Like, that's our name for them. Oh, did they have a name for themselves? Yeah. I, I think they call themselves Transformers. You sure it's not Metal Boys or... Uh... High flying birds. Yeah, or sometimes bipedal, also sometimes just machines, but different kinds of machines, like sometimes an airplane and sometimes a, a car. Yes, that, that's in their a good language. One. In their language, it's a lot more succinct. It's just it's just one word in their language. 
It's like Entish or German. Right. It's a, it's, I mean, it's have a, you seen a, some of these German words? Have you seen yes, some of these words? I've seen German words, dude. They're crazy. <sighs> It's like reading a dissertation. I thought it would be fun to rank you and I on all of these tech specs. Oh, yes. Which one of us do you think is stronger? Well, I got that wiry. I got that wiry strength. Mm-hmm. You got that center of gravity that... Were you there the day... Be- there was a day that we did a, a squeezing competition. Ooh. Where um, we had... How could I forget? <laughs> Where we had a, a machine that measured how hard we could squeeze, which was supposed to be used for old people who might have had a stroke, where if they can squeeze way harder on one hand than on the other, then that probably indicates that they've had a stroke. But we were using it to determine who was the strongest. Um, no, I don't think I was around for that squeezing party. Well, I will have you know that uh, I was the strongest. Wow. Yeah. Well, then let's just... Let's just translate that to this question and say that you'd be stronger. I have very, very good squeeze power. I can squeeze, if I recall correctly, I might be exaggerating, more than 10 times stronger than an old person. I could be misremembering that, but I doubt it. How many grapes do you think that translates to? There is no number of grapes that you could put into my hand that I would not be able to crush. Is that how they measure squeeze power? It's like joules or, or watts, foot pounds, but it's, it's grapes. Right, and I maxed out the scale. There, the number, there's a bar, it goes 0, 1, and it goes all the way up, and then it's just at the end, there's just an infinity symbol, and I got all the way to the end. Man, Tony, I didn't know this about you. Yeah, I'm very strong hands. We should incorporate that into our, uh, our horse play more often. <laughs> Gosh, uh, we should well we should, we should incorporate it into the podcast more often because I do, right, I, right. I do try to talk about it often, but we did manage to get through our first episode without it coming up at all, and we got managed to get most of the way through our second episode without it coming up. So uh, yeah, let's not sleep on this one. Yeah, let's. Uh, it's not this very one's coming back. Yeah. The next step, intelligence. Which one of us do you think is smarter? Oh, you. Oh, for Austin, sure. come on, dude. Dude, come on. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to let you push this on me. I'll take strength because, yeah, I'm super strong. But there are many different kinds of intelligences, Austin. And there we, are. And we, there are. we both have, we just have, we have very different kinds of intelligence. We do, yes. I know when onions are done sweating on the stove by, by my ability that. to smell. You know a whole bunch of things that I don't know. Okay, well, should we call it a tie? Okay. Speed. Now, here's one that we've never tested, and I'm me. curious to know what you it's think me. about. I said it first, it's me. Oh, nice. Damn it. Yeah. Gotcha. It. You are faster um, than me. But but do tell me what you were planning. What was the well, test going to be? I was just wondering which, physically. So what you just achieved was faster speaking, but I wonder in a foot race... Which one of us would win? Hmm. I do have very long legs. You do. I also have very low ambition. Okay. Um, so I think I'd smoke you in the first few steps, and then uh, I'd give up and, and go to something else. Okay. So how, how long is the race? 
Transformers didn't specify, so we'll call that one a tie as well. Let's the next go category for it. is firepower. Which one of us has more firepower? I can spit a I can spit a sunflower seed across a a two horse wide dirt road in the in the blink of an eye. What do you got? I used to have a rubber band gun, and mm-hmm. one time I shot it at one of my friends, and it scared him so much that he stood up and he hit his head on our. We have like a slanted ceiling. And he hit his head on the slanted ceiling, and he was wearing a hat. And you know those little buttons on the top of hats? Yes. His little button hit the ceiling so hard that it left a dent in the ceiling. Goodness. What happened to him? He died. Man, well, I can spit uh, Mountain Dew between the gap of my teeth far enough it would make your head spin. You wouldn't even know it hit you. So I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and take this one for myself because I can do all kinds of stuff with my body. Yeah, yeah that's fair. You. And I do think I I do think that that is it fits more neatly into the Transformers analogy because really their weapons are part of their bodies. The final category is the broad skill category, which I'm not even gonna try to face. I'm just gonna say we're a tie on skill. Uh, what's the last one? It's just skill. Skill. Just who's better. Which, the game of wits. I, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight with you about who's better. Wow, you have the skill of diplomacy, Austin. You have the skill of flattery. Wow. Yeah, let's call that one a tie. That feels right. That feels right to me. The final thing I want to talk about under the category of Transformers and for this episode is the film Transmorphers. Are you familiar with this oh, film? Am I ever, Tony? Let me tell you what I know about Transmorphers. Well, I'll let you set it up, and then I'll chime in with my, my knowledge about it. Well, yeah, I'll, so, I'll just tell you, I mean, basically what it is. Transmorphers is a movie that came out in 2007, and the genre under which it falls is mockbuster, meaning it was created basically for the sole purpose of riding the wave of the success of Transformers. The idea absolutely. being... Your grandma takes you to the movies, and she's the one who buys the tickets, and she accidentally buys Transmorphers instead of Transformers, and that's the entirety of their ticket sales. Right, which happens more often than you'd think. Lots of grandmas. Lots of grandmas in this world. Although, I don't think that any of the... Uh, the studio is called Asylum, right? It they is, yeah. Nice work. I don't think any Asylum films ever made it to theaters. No, yeah. So, the theater analogy was a bit broken. But blockbuster replace, for sure. Like yeah, replace, you, you tell your grandma. Well, it's been a while grandma, since go pick up a movie. A blockbuster, but you know, the a DVD store of some kind. Sure. One of the great things about Transmorphers is that they uh, they wrote one of in the script they wrote a male character who was a captain, and at, in the midnight hour they had to replace the male character with a female. But they didn't change anything in the script. So they always refer to this this lady as a sir and a he. And he sleeps in the barracks with men. But uh, it's very clearly a woman. And I'm not, you know, it's it's not it's not a transgender person. I'm not like right. this glossing over the... Insensitive. And she, you know, she, she makes out with a female character. Also would be fine. I totally um, fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. But yeah, as if as if it's a he. So 
that's the kind of level of of quality we're talking about with transporters. Okay. I kind of want to play like a Mad Libs for the plot where I'm going to like set you up and I want you to see if you can fill in the blanks of the plot. Yes. So here's the premise of the movie. Uh, in 2009, a race of aliens piloting giant robots have conquered Earth and forced humanity to... Hide underground. Nice. Yeah, live underground. They have done this by altering the environment, blah, 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 blah. It's always raining and it's always dark. They soon learn, however, that the aliens do not pilot the robots, but are the robots. Ooh. What a twist. What a twist. It's kind of like a War of the Worlds. Well, no. It's kind of like Transformers. Oh, yes. That's what I meant. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm back. I'm here. Uh, the main character is a guy named Mitchell who was frozen in stasis for a long time because he was insubordinate, and then they wake yeah. him up. He's um, kind of an Irish, an Irish rogue type character. His name is Warren Mitchell, which does sound like an Irish name. Yes. Maybe? Irish blood, English heart. Yeah. Okay. So they go on a mission. And two of their folks get stuck behind enemy lines near a radio tower, and they go back to the base, and Mitchell, the main character, then surprisingly learns from the resident scientist, Dr. Voloslav Alekstovich, that... Can you give me just, can you give me just maybe one or two more words? He learns himself that... is... <gasps> a woman. That would be appropriate. This movie is surprisingly forward. There's a woman playing a man. There's a man playing a woman. There are man robots playing female robots. Really? Now that's that's a frontier we haven't seen. Right. I feel like we're in a we're in a place in the in this country, you know, even in light of recent events where there aren't as many impositions put on gender identity. There aren't as many expected roles for people to play things are becoming a little more fluid which i think is great but we really we have this glass ceiling with male robots playing female robots yeah robots and vice versa in what might be called culture's greatest irony robots the product of the future are so backwards when it comes to gender rights in truth, Mitchell learns that he himself is an android constructed by Dr. Alekstovich with human feelings and understandings. Which is a kind of just a, a ripoff of the film Alien featuring Bilbo Baggins. Yes. Uh, who is that same character? This movie, Austin, does not pride itself in its originality. So the job of finding plot points that are ripped from plot points of other movies might almost be easier than the job of finding plot points that are not ripped off from other movies. So after he finds out that he's an android, they fly out to try to go back to that radio tower to try to save the two people who were trapped. The situation becomes more complicated when when the tower reveals... Oh, well, give it to me. Just give it to me. When the tower reveals itself to be a giant robot. It turns out that all the twists in this movie are that the thing that we thought wasn't a robot is a robot. Ends up being a robot. And they kind of think that by the third time... You, you, would, th- yeah, you, you won't... would think that they would be a little more on edge. Everything's a robot. 
Although, man, it, I'm, I'm sure it kind of instills the sense of dread in the viewer, though, of of seeing these people over and over kind of fall into this this trap of you know, isn't that just the story? Hey, that's of, isn't that just the story of humanity that we just make the same mistakes over and over again? Yeah, listeners, call your congressman. Tell him to destroy every tower because it might be a robot. In the final scene, Mitchell, using his android abilities, does what to take out the tower? Overloads his nuclear power source. Hey, sacrifices himself and takes, out, takes the tower out, buying enough time for the rest of his team to escape. Oh, pretty close. Once the tower is destroyed, the robots all over the world shut down. With the battle won, oh, the survivors broken. see the sunshine through the clouds for the first time in centuries. Man, that's a hopeful ending. And then they figure out that the clouds and the sun are giant robots. Are robots. Yeah, that's the last. It cuts. The last scene is it cuts to the, the cloud and it's got a big robot eye in it. It cuts to the heart of the sun. That would be good. I think we could have improved on this movie just just a little bit. Right. Just one. What? Just what? Listen, team, Asylum. You've made a great film here. You've made you've made a guaranteed success. But if I could just give you one suggestion, it's that the last ten seconds of this movie should be of a cloud with robot eyes. Just think about it. Asylum, you're very good. With our help, you could be the best. People would be making parodies of your films. Or not parodies, sorry, mockbusters of your films. Yeah, yeah. There would be a second layer of... Because, because Transmorphers was so good, they'll be making Transformers movies that use your plot points. So that's, uh, that's the story of Transmorphers. It ends on a hopeful note. And uh, that's our story of More Than Meets the Eye. Which is nice to end on a hopeful note. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny because in terms of this podcast, what's meeting the eye is nothing. So uh, we could have just <gasps> we could have just gone blah, 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 this whole time and it would have been more than meets it the eye. more than meets the eye. Because anything auditory. We were awesome. starting at zero. Everything, everything we have done today has been more than meets the eye. Mm. And uh, and you can too. Call your congressman. <laughs> Say no to giant towers. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and check out Jude Schuma, who has provided the intro and outro music. He makes really good music that you should listen to. If you're in Chicago, go see him live. He, see him he live. plays every every now and again. He does, and they make very good music, both in the studio and in the. Public forum. Um, And in the public forum. Yes, thank you, Austin. Goodbye. uh...